Hi there, this is Sister Service. You know, have you ever been paralyzed by your fear of failure? I know I talk about failure all the time, but I think it's because it's the least understood of all of the things that we encounter in this life. We think that we're supposed to come here and we're going to do good and God's going to shield us from all the bad things because we're trying to do good. We have these pure intentions, but it doesn't really work out that way, does it? Um, many times in my life I've faced failure and it is so painful. Um, I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it and say it's such a wonderful thing to screw up. <laughs> it's really not. Um, but one of the things that you need to take away from failure is that it's a part of God's plan. He literally planned for us to fail. Why? Because it's a very effective teaching tool. I hardly ever want to share some of these stories, but I'm going to just because I think that maybe you need to hear about a few failures so that you understand how important they are and what they can do. You know, not everything is good, um, but everything works for good when it's placed in the hands of God. You know, people will say um, that their trials, they're thankful for them. Um, especially when they talk about suffering. Oh, I'm so thankful for my trials. When in reality, it kind of makes us look like masochists, okay? It makes us look like we're crazy masochists that love pain. And, you know, maybe you're even thinking, I'm the only one who doesn't love my trials. <laughs> you're not the only one. Nobody likes their trials. They like what they learn from the experiences, but more often than not, they're awful and painful. In fact, suffering is not inherently good. I know that we talk a lot about how positive it can be, but it's not inherently good. In fact, it's what Christ came here to stop permanently, that suffering could end, that there is an end. In fact, that has helped me in my life to remember when I'm going through really hard times that all suffering will end because of Christ. So anyways, let's get into these stories. Um, I have so many of them. Unfortunately, you don't want to sit here for all of them. So I'm going to pick out the big ones that are just super embarrassing. And we're going to pick through um, what I learned from them. One of the first um, ones I can recall off the top of my head was back when I was just a young mom with my son, Zach. And okay, so picture this. There used to be this time when cell phones weren't a thing. I know it's just mind blowing, but yeah, it was about, I want to say 2001, somewhere around there. And not everybody had a cell phone. Um, I actually sold cell phones um, when I met my husband, but at that point, um, we, you know, not only rich people had cell phones, so not everybody had them. Um, a lot of people would have them like their work cell phones, but anyways, that's important to the story. And here's why, because I signed up at church to bring a salad to Relief Society and Unfortunately, as the, as we got nearer to that evening, um, I can't even remember what happened. I think that Zach got sick or something was going on where my husband wasn't home. There was nobody to watch Zach. 
Um, and you know, I'm supposed to make it to this relief society thing. So like, how am I going to do that? And with him being sick, there's just no way to go. I, it was something involving Zach not being able to, um, anyways, whatever. Uh, so I couldn't go and it was last minute. And at that point, um, you know, with a half an hour before the actual event, um, you know, I wasn't able to get a hold of anybody because nobody had cell phones and they were already down at the church setting up. So the, what's left for me to do? Nothing. I, I couldn't go. I had to stay home. There was that. I probably could have worked something out. Maybe I could have walked. Um, it's like two and a half miles, but again, kid not well, whatever. Like I'm sure but that idea is important because it plagued me because what happened next Sunday is it was fast and testimony meeting and a woman stands up and she bears her testimony about how she loves being part of the gospel and how God helps her even when people fail her. And then she proceeds to tell how people signed up to bring things and then they didn't show up with those said items. And of course I have all of, I, I truly believe that's all eyes on me, that I am the screw up. And that was a moment in my life where I just was like, I can't even be trusted to bring a salad to Relief Society and everybody must know it. This was a failure. Now, of course you're saying to yourself like, oh please, that's not even that big of a failure. I didn't know that. <laughs> I was a young mom and I had just failed at doing something I said I would do. And it was so painful. I felt so sad over it. And I then wore that as a label in my own head for myself. Well, you can't even be trusted to bring a salad to a Relief Society event, right? And um, I have so many more Another time where I failed hard was, um, one of my very dear close friends, um, was getting married in the temple. And, um, after this was after her first husband had died and we went through his death together and it was very difficult and hard and she was getting remarried and, um, I was there at the actual wedding, but then, um, a year later they were getting sealed in the temple and I totally spaced what day it was and I totally missed the whole thing. And it was just so heartbreaking. I just felt so bad. Like what kind of a friend am I? You know, it's just really difficult to deal with. That was super painful for me. Um, another time where I failed was when I was trying to, as a ward primary president, we had different times that we were allotted to use the gym. And, um, because of that, there were basically to long story short, you couldn't use the gym ever for the activity day girls because of the way the schedule fell and because of how infrequently they meet. And so I wanted to solve this problem. And so I reached out to the other wards and I was going to juggle the times around. And then after that, the agent Bishop basically told me that that wasn't my job, that I 
that, you know, that was wrong of me to do. And, and I just felt totally defeated. I felt totally like, like, oh, what a huge, embarrassing failure. And um, the last story I'll tell you is when I was a stake primary president, I, um, the very first year I was doing it, um, I blew the budget. I wasn't paying attention to how much was going in and coming out and all of those details. Um, and so that first year I blew the budget. I, each of these failures have impacted me. In fact, almost every failure I have impacts me. So don't ever think that I'm like, Oh, no problem. Um, there's, it will always hurt. That's the point of failure really is it is if, if it didn't hurt, it's not doing its job. It burns enough to where you never want to touch that hot stove and you learn something from it, right? You learn, I'm never going to do that again. And you learn it very, very intimately and distinctly. Heavenly Father is okay with some of these failures, especially when they're failures that are not made with a rebelistic attitude, you know, where we're just doing something out of spite. When we're really diligently just trying and we're trying to do the best we can, he's going to make those failures into something for us. And so then they become tender and beautiful, even though they're awful and horrible. But now I can tell you things that I didn't know before. Um, in fact, because of some of my failures, I now know um, the church leadership handbook too, almost backwards and forwards. I can almost quote you every single article in there. Had I not learned that uh, it, with such spectacular failures, um, when I was a ward primary president, it would not have made me a very good stake primary president. But thankfully, Heavenly Father allowed me these failures. And it's weird to even say the word thankfully, because in all of the times I've failed, I've never been very thankful for it. I was very sad and very just discouraged with myself. But what it can do sometimes is it can paralyze you. When you encounter failure, you immediately go, I, I never ever want to do anything within this realm ever, ever again. One time, um, so I can play the piano very in the most basic sense. Okay. I can play like maybe five hymns and one day they didn't have anyone to play the piano. They didn't have a player piano. And I just said, well, I can play praise to the man. So I got up there and with my shaky hands, I started playing praise to the man. Now something happens to me whenever someone else is singing to something I'm playing, my brain wants to switch gears and it wants to be in sing mode when it needs to be in play mode. And so I will lose my place. Um, I will uh, get the timing wrong. Like I just start to make a lot of mistakes, a lot of failures. And so I shakily got through it, the pressure of everyone watching me. And I was just having a hard time. And a woman said, and she meant this in the kindest way, but she just said, wow, I would have given up if I had made that many mistakes. <laughs> and actually, like, I really loved that she said that because afterwards she was like, I didn't mean it in like a bad way. And I was like, no, 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 honey, I totally understand. <laughs> actually, you're right. 
Like, I'm so, I'm glad I can look at it like, hey, I didn't stop. I didn't get paralyzed by the fear of all those failures, but I just kept forging ahead and I finished the song. And it made me, and I, like, I look back on that now, it's like this really wonderful failure memory. Like, it's positive somehow. Um, another failure memory that actually I look at positively, so weird, um, a lot of these, you're not even going to label failure. You're just going to be like, well, that's just a bad thing that happened to you. But I'm, for the sake of this, we're going to call this a failure because in some ways I could have not done what I did. I was early in the morning, 7 a.m. I think it might have even been 6 a.m. at a Walmart because um, I was at my son's soccer game and they were like, hey, you have the snack today. Where is it? And I'm like, oh, no. I forgot. Okay. I totally forgot. So run to Walmart, run. I run in, I get the stuff I need. I run back out. I load it up in my car and I'm in such a hurry. I just leave the cart next to my car. Right. As I get into my car, a man walks by and he starts screaming every obscenity you could think of. Like he called me every gross, nasty thing you could call somebody. And it's like, you know, six thirty seven a.m. <laughs> and I just remember being totally flabbergasted by him all because I didn't put the grocery cart away in its proper place. I left it next to my car. Um, and I just kind of like was incredulous and I just drove away because I didn't have anything to say back. Um, I just, I, I left. And as I was driving away, I was like, the regular me would have wanted to burst into tears. The regular me would have felt so victimized um, and non not understood. But actually, I sat there feeling peaceful, almost like Heavenly Father saying, hey, you've gotten past these type of things. You no longer take ownership of other people's feelings in this regard. And I started to feel like, hey, I can do this. I can fail and not have to be totally bogged down in paralyzing sadness, grief, or fear over what I've done. Because I look at it now in the light of Heavenly Father. I've learned something here. What did I learn? Well, I learned that some people are jerks. <laughs> There's nothing you can do to change that nor should you, um, really at that point. And then, um, I also learned that, yeah, I mean, if we, if you have time, put the darn card away, I could do that. Um, but in that instance, I don't think there's anything I would have changed. I was in a hurry. Um, you know, I don't know. All I know is that oftentimes we have choice. We feel like life is happening to us when really, we have the power to choose how we feel, how we process what is happening to us, how we process what we just did, how we process failure. You, I, I feel like we always feel like um, these horrible things have happened to us and woe is me instead of saying, I take ownership of this. I screwed up. I take full ownership of this. Now, what can I do to make things better? What can I do in the future to never uh, have this happen again? And the answer is not avoid, avoid, avoid. In fact, 
if you screwed up in public speaking, like you're given a talk mm -hmm. and you made a mistake, the answer to that is now let's avoid ever public speaking. That's the opposite of what Heavenly Father wants for us. In fact, if he expects us to have eternal progression, then he expects us to constantly revisit those failures. Um, even your fears will need to be revisited. Are you deathly afraid of snakes? Because at some point, someday, maybe not in this life, but in the life to come, some point you will encounter your ability to overcome that fear. Maybe even appreciate snakes. I don't know. But I don't think wearing a label of who you are forever is a wise idea. Saying, I only love the color blue. <laughs> you know, it's, it's very limiting for you. Saying that I am only a sexual assault victim. I am only a massive failure. And I'm just talking about my own life. Um, I'm only uh, the girl who didn't uh, graduate junior high because I dropped out. Um, I dropped out because of bullying. I dropped out because life was hard, but you know, after about six months of being at home, I realized I wanted to be at school and I wanted to give it another try. And just so you don't think it was like super cheesy bullying, I'm talking about physical bullying, like people waiting for you to throw rocks at you, like painful, hurtful body changing <laughs> bullying, um, where things of yours are destroyed, where you are physically hurt. That's what I'm talking about. So in life, it's not meant to be easy. And I don't think Heavenly Father shields us from those things. I had a woman, I am an author for like this, uh, Christian page was started by an LDS man, but it's a Christian page and it's simply follow Jesus Christ. And there's, ah, oh, there's gotta be, um, 200,000 plus people in it. And one of the women in it actually messaged me and said, you know what? There is no God because he wouldn't have allowed me to be raped if there was. And I, I think to myself, he doesn't shield us from the sadness and the horror of this world. In fact, if you're only, in this gospel, because you believe that it will shield you from all pain and from all sadness and from all destructive events, you're just wrong. You're not a bad person, but you're just wrong. That's not how it works. Heavenly Father is there to guide us. He protects our soul, but our physical well-being, our physical being of the things we might encounter, we're not always going to be protected from because that's kind of the point of being here. Um, I, I, just, I just have to say that because I think there's a lot of people out there who think, well, oh, if I follow the gospel, then I will never fail. And that's the opposite of how this works. In fact, some of the most amazing people you'll ever meet will tell you their big failure stories. Um, Fortune 500 companies and people who make millions of dollars, what are they going to have in common? That they started like five to 15 different businesses and all of those failed before they landed in the business where they're at now. So you know, keep that in mind. Keep that in mind that this is part of it. Now, what I'm not saying is that you go ahead and 
say that all failure is great and you seek failure and you fail and you hurt people and you don't have to say sorry because that's not true. When you do these things, you absolutely need to go out of your way to make sure that you've tried to um, apologize to all parties that you've offended or hurt. Try to do your best um, to make amends you know, to make a restitution if there is any that's needed. Um, it is hard. It is very hard, but you can do it. And that's what separates the sheep from the goats. Okay. A person who is really, truly going to sacrifice their will to follow the path of Jesus Christ. That's, that's what that person's going to do. They're going to do the hard things that they don't think they can do at the time. So I hope that this talk on failure kind of gives you just a springboard of ideas that maybe you can reframe some of these past mistakes that you've made and see the beauty in them. Maybe you can look at some of these things and realize maybe it's time to reach out and apologize. Um, or maybe it's okay that you let that person who just screamed at you go. But whatever it is, Look at failure through the eyes of a loving Heavenly Father who knew it would happen, sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to help smooth that over. Trust Him. Trust Him that that is a part of His plan. That as you are sincere with your desire to change, then He will remember your sins no more. He is who matters most in this equation. In my patriarchal blessing, I was told that those things that I don't quite make it through, <laughs> those trials that I screw up, those moments where I fail, they are going to be stepping stones. What a beautiful thing that failure can be turned into. They can be steps on up your ladder of life or stepping stones to get you through the bog stepping stones. So I just leave you with my favorite scripture in John, and it's my peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, and neither let it be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be troubled. Try again. You might just make it and you'll turn failure into something beautiful. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.